Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So last week, we continued talking about the Israelites' journey into Canaan. You see, God's original plan for Israel was to take their promised land in weeks, in weeks, but not in 40 years. If they were on a regular road trip of this time, the journey would only take about a two to three weeks to get to from Egypt to Canaan. But because of their stubbornness, it took 40 years. We learned last week that when the people of Israel left Egypt and got about halfway there to the promised land, Moses sent a few spies into the land to scout out and to scout it out. Ten of the spies came back in a panic. Remember that? They all came back with this bad news. Proclaiming to the Canaanites that the Canaanites, the proclaiming to the Israelites that the Canaanites were too powerful for them. They, they are not going to be able to win the battle. God gave them their wish at the, at the time and decreeing that the whole generation will die in the wilderness. So there was one generation that died. The older generation died in the wilderness because of their fear. Because of their lack of faith, they died in the wilderness. So today I want to continue with this title, It's Too Late to Quit. It's Too Late to Quit. Patty uh, tapped me in the shoulder and she said, it's too late to quit. And sometimes you have to be reminded that it's too late to quit. So because the people disobeyed God, the journey to the promised land, instead of three weeks, lasted 40 years. You see, so I need you to picture the journey of the people from Israel. They were at the edge of Canaan, and before entering their promised land, they decided to quit because of their fears and their doubts and their frustration and their anger and their limitations that they put in their minds, saying that we can't go against these guys. They're too big for us. The 10 spies magnify the problem and minimize the resources because they forgot to bring God into their problem. I'm going to say it again because he said it was a good lie. It said, thank you, thank you. That, that's, Dad, you're my George. The 10 spies, thank you, I'm about to cry. The 10 spies magnify the problem and minimize the resources because they forgot to bring God into their problem. We need to remember that God ordered their steps until the edge of Canaan. They were almost there. They, all, they saw the promised land. God delivered them from slavery for 400 years. From 400 years of slavery, he delivered them. You see, these people had experienced firsthand the delivering power of God. When he set them free from slavery in Egypt. The sustaining power of God as he provided for them during their journey through the desert. The power of God's presence as he led them through the desert via a cloud of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire at night. You have to understand that as the Israelites were traveling through the wilderness, God was still there. God was still showing up. God was still directing them on where to go. If it wasn't through one sign in the daytime or another sign at night, he was still there. He was still present. But after a bad report, the people were discouraged. Their hearts were full of fear and doubt. 
just reminds us of, of how we are sometimes. Sometimes when we just see a little glimpse of this negativity, we just fall apart. We fall by the wayside and we just think that we are not going to get out of it. And God is saying, but you forgot everything else I've just finished doing for you. We all have moments that we're progressing in our walks with God. And something happens when we want to walk away. Discouragement happens. Discouragement can, bring, can, can be very strong at points where it can hide behind a big smile. You can have a smile and still be discouraged. Discouragement attacks all kinds of people. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how smart you are. <clears throat> or how poor you may think you are, there's, it's still going to impact your life. Discouragement will tell you that the promised land is not worth it. Discouragement is a real thing in life of the believers. You see, mostly when you see the unbelievers striving and prospering while you are still struggling, does that ever happen that you always see that one person? who's not doing everything that you think that's aligned to what God wants, but they, for some reason, are always prospering, and they're always doing well, and they're always doing fantastic, and you're saying, God, I'm here, I'm praying. God, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm in the women's group. God, I'm in the men's group. <laughs> and you're doing all these things, but then you see the other guys who are partying and having fun, and they just seem to prosper more than you. And you go through agony while they seem to be living in victory. The people from Israel allow the current circumstances to determine to give up. The negative report took over all the past experiences they had with God. They allowed the temporary circumstance to dictate the future of a whole generation. See, don't allow the moment of agony to make you draw a conclusion about life prematurely. Because if you keep on walking, God will have a way of making everything all right. That's the problem. As soon as we hit that first speed bump, we just start giving up. And God is just saying, just keep walking. You're going to get through this. But then we get another speed bump and we give up again. And God is saying, keep walking. But most of the time, we don't want to walk forward. We just want to walk the opposite way. We want to walk back to Egypt. We want to walk back into slavery. And God is like, I've taken you away from you. I've given you hope by showing you my miracles and showing you hope in the midst of all your storms, but you still are insisting of going back and being becoming a slave to this world. But maybe you're asking yourself, how do I not give up when I'm seeing everything fall apart? When it seems like everything is going in the wrong direction, when nothing looks promising. First point, we need to remember that our steps, that our steps are ordered by God. Our steps are ordered by God. It doesn't matter how they look, they're still ordered by God. Even when we see that the journey to our promised land may seem like a mistake, God knows what is after that next step. Don't give up now. It might be only a couple more steps before your breakthrough. Keep pushing. He knows our steps. Our steps are ordered by God. 
He knows, like, there's a book that's already written out that says that this book is about Will. Will's going to go through this. Will's going to go through that. But he's still going to make it. Right now, he's in chapter 5. He's, he's given up. But if he just walks a little bit forward, he can get to chapter 6, where everything comes out all right. See, that's the problem with us. We hit a wall sometimes, and, and then we just give up. We feel like we're in this battle by ourselves, and we're not. Understand that our steps are ordered by God. You need to trust the process. You need to trust that the next step will be a better step. You like my shoes? Got it from Walmart. You need to believe it that the next step is going to be a better step, and then the next step is going to be a better step, and maybe you might hit a wall the next step. But don't start walking back. Don't give up. Don't walk back into the wilderness. That generation died out. That generation didn't have any more hope because as soon as they heard about the obstacles that they were going to face, they went into turmoil. They went into frustration. They went into anger. They went into like, how are we going to battle against those guys? Or even those women, because maybe those women were, were very strong. We don't know. Psalms 37, 23, do you have that? The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every details of their lives. Think about this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. But did it say frustrated? The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be extra spiritual, but there has to be something in you that wants to know God even more. There has to be a desire to grow. There has to be a hunger to say, hey, I used to be here, but I have to get a little bit more deeper in my relationship with God so that you can become godly and that your walks can be measured. Steps implies process. Meaning that it will take a while to get to where you want to be. It's going to take some struggles. It's going to take a process. But you're going to get there. Maybe you're praying for that job like Paul said. Paul was praying for a job. He got it. He got it. Now he's like, I don't know what to do, but I'm just happy. You got to praise him when you don't feel like you need to praise him. You got to get excited when you don't feel like to get excited. Sometimes... Your, your, your next move is just a step away. Your, your, walk, your, your steps are already guided. You just have to keep pushing. You just have to keep moving. It's too late to quit. You see, you will not get to the place you want to be only because you want it right now. Or you need it right now. Or you think you deserve it right now. We often want our course of our life to be directed by our dreams and desires. There's a lot of people with dreams here and desires. And we want God to just give it to us. It's not going to happen that way. There's going to be work you're going to have to put into it. There's going to have to be a continuous, ongoing relationship with God to get that desire that you want, to get that dream that you want. Because when we dream, we keep thinking of how it should be. And the reality is that we keep walking up and seeing how it really is. 
Sometimes we are dreaming and we're still stuck. We're still stuck because we, we, we should, we're saying we should be here already. But we're not. But you keep dreaming. What are you doing to be holy like that verse said? And godly, what are you doing? There has to be a desire in your heart to do better for yourself. To want more out of God. But again, when we hit that first obstacle, when we hit that first uh, a sign of, uh, you're, uh, 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 it's not going to go the way you planned, Mr. Carmona. See, they said that to me a lot. It's not going to go the way you planned. You need to plan for the long term. I've been planning. But with the issues with my health, I get that a lot. I get a lot of negative responses from doctors. And I have to understand that my health doesn't come from this world. It comes from the Heavenly Father up there. I can't be lost in the wilderness. I can't be lost in anger because of what this world determines. Yes, I do take my medicine. I do do my treatments. But I keep trusting in God and what he has for me and what he has in, for my life and for my family. We need to keep pushing. It's too late to quit. Sometimes when we think how our life should be, we analyze our reality that sometimes the reality hurts when everything that we see is struggle and pain. Do you think I don't get tired of feeling tired all the time? I have fatigue every day. I live with fatigue every day because of my MS. I wake up in the morning and I just say, thank you that I'm awake and I can move. I say, thank you that I can give my wife a hug. I say, thank you that I can get out of bed because my tomorrow is not, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to come and tomorrow I'm going to be okay. I don't know, but my trust is in God. My trust and my hope and my desire that tomorrow's going to be a good day is in God. It's not in man. We have to stop believing in what everyone says and start forcing our relationship more on God. Saying, God, I need more of you. This is why I'm getting closer to you. This is why I'm reading my Bible because there's something that you have that works. And for me, it's too late to quit. It's too late to walk backwards. It's too late to go into the, the wilderness. It's too late to go into slavery. God, I need you. You see, when you start showing that passion and that love, God's like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. Because I'm, I'm about to give you something that you're going to be able to handle. Because I've just been waiting for the time that you, you, you have that says that you are ready for it. Most of the time we want something and we're not ready. We're not ready maturely. We're not ready spiritually. God wants to bless you in a way, but you just can't get that blessing because you're not ready. Have you ever got pumped after a message at church? After you had a message at church, after you, 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 you heard that Sunday message, you're like, oh, that was a good message. He hit all the points that I needed to, to, to have in my life, and it hit me right here. Oh. And you feel great, and you say, you know what? I'm going to make a prayer closet today. I'm just going to go into my prayer closet and start praying. You start sounding all Christian. And you start buying stuff at the, the Christian stores and buying stuff online and buying big Bibles. Saying, I'm going to read this whole Bible because the pastor said something. But then when you go home 
you go into a marriage that is broken. You go into kids that don't want anything to do with you. You go into the, the doctor saying that, hey, your, your sickness is getting worse. Well, just a couple minutes ago, you were pumped because you heard a powerful word. You heard this message, too late to quit. You were excited. Man, it's too late to quit. Yo, high five. Too late to quit, Al. Too late to quit, Al. Yeah. Yes. Then when you go home, you go into back into reality, and then you start giving up all over again. Your faith can't be moved that quickly. It can't be pushed over that quickly. If it's that weak, if your faith is that weak, there's more work to do. Second point I want to do is don't make a permanent decision over temporary circumstances. I like that one. Don't make permanent decisions over temporary circumstances. I'm going to give you this story. When I was buying my first house, I was with my real estate agent and we were walking through homes. And at the time I was coming out of a MS relapse, so I had my cane with me. And I was walking with my cane, looking through the homes. Each home was nice and beautiful. And then the real estate agent was wanted to make a, you know, wanted to make a, a suggestion in the style of homes that we were looking at because of my cane. He said, Well, I have some homes that are prepared for people with issues like you. And I'm I just wanted to hear her out. I just wanted to hear him out. I said, okay, well, well, show me. So I go into this house. I'm walking with my cane, and there's this house is a house of two levels, and it has a chair on a staircase so that it will help me get to the second floor. And she said, you see, this is what you need. This is what you need, Mr. Carmona. And I'm over here with my cane. I'm saying, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Because what man thinks is for you, it's really not for you. God knows your final destination. God knows where you're going to be in the future. I didn't look at my house because of my temporary circumstance. I believe that this is a temporary circumstance. I believe that one day I might get healed and God will touch my life. I believe it every day. I walk in it every day, but I do have my cane in my closet. I have my little brace for my back, but I continue to walk in faith. So, from that moment, the home started to change. The home started to change. Then there were more, ah, let's do like a one floor home, a rancher. I said, well, that's kind of nice. But then they had the little, the, the, the little supports in the bathrooms so that you can maneuver safely. And I'm like, God, this is like my third relapse. I'm okay. I'm going to get through this. You're going to pull me out of this. And today, I continue to show you how God works. God works. Look at my feet. They're walking. I'm not walking with a cane. I'm walking backwards. If I walk like this, look, balance. Look, balance. Look, balance. But that's the issue that sometimes when we hit the obstacle, we just fall apart. We just fall apart for that te uh, temporary circumstance. And it happens, and, and, and it's okay. But the problem is, when it happens... What inside of you tells you, you need to look the other way? What is that 
that, that thing that lives inside of you. We call it the Holy Spirit. But if you're not living with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit in you, what is that? It's nothing. There's nothing in there. See, when the Holy Spirit talks to you, he says, bro, chin up. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. That's how my Holy Spirit talks to me. He said, he's ghetto. Yes. He says, brother, you're going to make it through this. It's going to be okay. You're going to be able to overcome this. Let me tell you, two years ago, I was in a bed for two years. I wasn't able to drive for two years. Like, that's my reality. And for me to be up here like a cheerleader telling you it's too late to quit. Stop giving up. Stop going back to, to Egypt and becoming a slave again because God wants to take you out. God wants to show you more than what you can even imagine. But sometimes we can't imagine it because our faith is like a piece of paper. My dad always says, uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, you can't sharpen another axe with a tissue. You just can't do it. An axe sharpens an axe. They sharpen each other. There's going to be moments of just you rebuilding yourself as a person. You rebuilding yourself as a Christian. You rebuilding yourself as a follower of Christ. But it's going to take time. It's going to take a process. And I want you to understand that when I was in that bed for two years, not able to move, that's my life. Not able to move. I didn't lose hope in where my help came from. I didn't lose hope in that I was going to get out of that bed. I didn't lose hope. I kept pushing forward. I kept taking the next step. But I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to walk or wasn't able to keep my, my balance because something was going on with my brain and I was off balance all the time. But I Listen to a podcast, an inspirational podcast. I, I, I read some word. Because guess what? It's the words that you put inside of you. It's the words that you put inside of you that really build you up. I dare you to test me on my faith. My faith cannot be shaken because I really trust God. You don't know how it is to believe if you've never been sick. You don't know how to <laughs> how to believe if you've never been in debt and you got out of it. God continues to show his grace and his mercy upon our lives, but we keep falling. We keep crying out to him. And it's okay to cry out to him, but don't cry out to him saying, God, I just can't do it. When you know you can, and you know you have the, the person in your life that can help you get through it. Go to Proverbs 13, 12 for me, please. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Two years I was in the bed. I wasn't able to move. I wasn't able to do anything. I was in my bed. My wife was loving on me, saying, Papa, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. You see, I worship God when I'm down. I worship God when I'm not down when I'm okay. But we always, for some reason, just fall apart when we fall, man. It's an ongoing situation with us. But you know why it's an ongoing situation? Because there's a desire in our hearts that wants more from God. 
But sometimes we go out to the wrong people for help. And God is saying, I'm here. You're just not asking me. You haven't knocked. I'm waiting. Ask me. Don't allow temporary battles to define the rest of your life. Don't allow temporary trials or battles to define the rest of your life. The people from Israel allowed negative reports to change the course of their lives. Imagine if the 10 spies came back and said, yo, we can do it. We can beat these Canaanites. We can do it. They big. But if we work together, we can be bigger. If they only thought like that, they would already be in a promised land. But because of their lack of faith that they received from the 10 spies, they fell apart. Don't allow your debt to break you. Don't allow your current marriage problems to to, to direct you straight to divorce. There's a work that has to take place. It's going to take time, but it's another step you got to take. Don't allow it to distract you. The steps God ordered in your life will help you to understand that you are not wandering aimlessly. Just because you're taking some steps and because they're a little bit hard, that's just God is saying, look, just get ready for what I'm about to give you. It's coming. It's coming. Just, just, just get ready. But most of the time, again, I feel like I keep repeating myself. We keep falling apart because we're not ready for the first obstacle. We don't know how to endure the first obstacle. God wants to take us to the second one, but he's like, you're not even ready with this one. You got to get yourself ready. You got to get your family ready for this. How am I going to pour this blessing on you if you can't even handle it? God wants to pour so much blessing on you, but you just have to be willing to want him even more. The steps in my life teaches me that I am not just moving on my own, but that it's a path for me and how God is and making things up as he goes. He already knows and directs our steps. There's nothing that God doesn't know. It's funny because I used to be happy when I got, you know, well, I can't really say I got a lot of A's in high school because I didn't. <laughs> I can't tell you that story. I can't. I, but <laughs> if you think about it, Think about it. You're taking a test. Huh? Oh, I know. It's like she's at a movie theater. So, so if you think about it, it's just like this. You study real hard for a test. And then you get 100. But remember, you study real hard for the test. You can't ask for anything to come out of what's supposed to come out of that test. Think about it. You studied hours. You worked long hours to study and make time so that you can study for a test. I had to learn when I went to college. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I was studying. I was staying up to four o'clock in the morning, studying, then waking up, taking care of my boys. And I'm like, God, I don't know. I think I got I'm in the wrong major. I don't know what's going on. And, and when I studied hard and when I when I took my time to say, babe, I need this time just to study, I found out that I passed the test I got a I got a hundred so that right there should tell you a test it's gonna be okay just study a little bit harder uh, what I'm trying to explain is this 
that a test, the money, is only a test. It's a test that we're going through. And sometimes you're just going to have to sit down and analyze the test and be like, Lord, I'm feeling this way. I am sick right now, Lord. I can't get out of my bed. But I want to analyze this test because I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to overcome this test. And how do you do that? By looking more into his word, by building a better relationship towards God. You can't do this with a weak relationship with God. There is no way you're going to win this test. There's no way you're going to, you're going to overcome this. There's many times when me and my wife, in our first two years of our relationship, I wasn't the best husband. And you know why? Because I wasn't finished working to me first. It wasn't easy for me because I thought that whatever worked for my dad's relationship a long time ago will work for mine. But that's not the way it worked for my relationship. I had to look, I had to study, I had to observe my wife and say, okay, this works for her, this works for her. If I come in this way of talking to her, she kind of likes me more. If I come this way, she wants to hit me. So, (laughs) see, in a relationship, in a relationship, there's always work. The same way with my wife, the same way with your husband and your wife or whoever's out there, your significant other, there's always work to be done. So how do you think it's easy to have a relationship with God? It's an ongoing process. It's going to continue. You're still going to have to work. Maybe you're thinking that he is making it up. God is making these obstacles up. And, and, and we try to pray more. I like, I like this because I get a lot of friends who say, man, I've been praying this week. Well, I, I started praying yesterday, not this week. And it seems like everything is getting better. I said, yeah, this stuff works. Now, now you're realizing that it works. God is saying, I've been here the whole time. I sent you Jesus to die for your sins, to die for your sicknesses, to die for your hurt, to die for your pain. And you still believe that I don't exist. That's who I look to. When a doctor was giving me negative results, I say, God, you sent Jesus to die for my sickness. And you said that my, 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 my sickness will be washed clean. And I believe in you. So, yes, I'll take the medicine. But I believe God is still in the works. Sometimes we pray to abort the process. We pray to speed the process or to reduce that one step. Sometimes we pray to get out of things that he wanted us to stay in. Pastor Jose, if you didn't know, he's my father. Okay. But if you guys didn't know, he's my father. And when he talks about the obstacles that him and my mom faced when they were younger, those are real obstacles that they faced. If my dad didn't make the decision to look for God first, I wouldn't be here in front of you today. My sister wouldn't be in the back. My brother wouldn't be in Atlanta where he's worshiping over there. You have to understand, you can't give up on the process. It's going to hurt sometimes. You're going to be in pain sometimes, but you can't give up. It's too late to quit. It's too late to quit. It's too late to quit. We're already there. 
I talk to people all the time. They say, I just, I just, I'm just going to leave everything. I just can't do it anymore. I'm like, you're there. You're almost there. You're, you're like, just not going to, it's right there. I feel like I'm a cheerleader sometimes. You see, I have prayed that I wouldn't have to endure something that we wanted, that he wanted me to endure. Have you ever had to pray sometimes and you say, God, I can't do this no more. I don't know if I can handle this. And God is saying, I gave it to you, so I know you can handle it. God is not going to give you anything you can't handle. Stop living in the little faith. Start believing in what God we, what God we truly believe in. You see, I'm over here battling with my tongue. And I was talking to the guys on Wednesday. They, they, they told me, dude, don't even worry about your tongue. If you slur, we're still listening. And I said, thank you, guys. I need that. Because at the same time that I'm up here, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with myself. Saying, yo, you have to pronounce, pronounce, pronounce this word right. And it's because I stutter. And, and I have a little, little problems with my tongue sometimes. But then I think about Moses. Moses stuttered. And he freed a whole bunch of people. So if that's the way I'm going to have to look, then that's the way I'm going to have to do things. See, God is only going to use those people who have the heart to do it. So you will find yourself now practicing forgiveness with your sister. I like this because I was thinking of my sister. You see, if you skip practicing forgiveness with your coworkers, then you don't know how to forgive. Everything that we do is practice. When you're at work, you're practicing how to treat people. When you're with family, you're practicing on how to treat family. God was not preparing the promised land for the people of Israel. He was preparing the people for the promised land. See that one more time. God was not preparing the promised land for the people of Israel. He was preparing the people for the promised land. We all have a promised land. We all have a destination. We can't see it, but it's there. He's just preparing you. He's just saying, let's take your time. Let's do this. <laughs> You're going to have to go through this. You know, you might not, you might think this is boring. You know, this brings me up to a really, really good story. When I was uh, growing up and my dad was in, entering into ministry, he would always wake us up real early to get the house of God prepared. If it was that we needed to take the trash out, we would take the trash out. If it was that we needed to clean the toilets, we cleaned the toilets. If it was that we needed to put the paper roll back into the paper roll dispenser, we did it. And I didn't know that at that point, he was preparing me for a time when I would be like, I've already done that. It's going to be okay. It's just a process. You're going to get through it. It's just a process. And then in the morning, I see my kids, because I do with my kids now. I wake up in the morning, I turn everything on, and my kids got lights on. They're running around like this. Spraying everything down. And then my wife is screaming at them, like, hey, no, no, don't do that. And then I look at them, like, yo, that was me. My kids are going through a process. Because I don't know what's ahead of them, but I know how I'm going to prepare them 
for that when the time comes, they're already prepared. This that you see here didn't happen overnight. This took time. My faith that I have took time to develop. I'm still working on it every day. I'm still having moments, like I said last week, well, well, that Paul used at Rehoboth. He was praying for that little parking. I have, pro I have moments that I'm praying for the gas. Your faith has to be that small sometimes to really see the miracle of God. And it's funny that sometimes we just see the gas thing as like, oh my gosh, God, it really exists. But we don't see everything else. We don't see how God has taken our family out of the darkness and brought them to light. We forget about that. We don't, we don't remember how God has had us in this pandemic for some time and he continues to take us out of the pandemic slowly. There's going to be time when we're going to be able to take our mask off and be happy again. But it's still not late to quit. Don't give up in God. Don't give up in the works. Don't give up in the process. My third point. He is not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. There's a blessing that's coming. Are you prepared? He's preparing you. Are you prepared to get it? Are you prepared to go like this? I'm, I'm ready. All of us was like this when the, um, the stimulus checks came out. Checking our bank's account every day. And then we were happy just to get that check. Some of us went and bought new TVs. And God is saying, I gave you more than that check. I gave you hope. I gave you grace. I gave you love. I gave you encouragement when you're depressed. I showed you the way. You came out of darkness. Now you're in light. You were once blind. Now you see. You're excited for a stimulus check? The blessing is already prepared. The promised land is already given. We know that the promised land is full of milk and honey. We already know it. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Can you put that up? Oh, I'm going to put it right here because I can't see my little fonts. No eyes has seen, no ears has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We all love him, right? We all love him, right? And we already know what's coming our way. We should be ready for what's coming our way. Don't lose hope. Do you know that your blessing is ready for you? That it's already in a place, it's already there, it's already done. The work doesn't have to uh, be applied to where you're going. The work has to be applied to you so that when you get to where you're going, you can handle what you need to handle. The work is not for the situation, the work is for you. So that when you get there, you're going to be able to deal with it. That's simple. It's a lot of work. This is too much. No, I, I bet you wake up in the morning and you get ready and you brush your teeth and you go to work and you're happy. No, not a lot of people are happy to go to work, but they do it because it has to get done. Just like our ongoing relationship with God, it has to be done. It has to happen because what God wants to give us, we have to be prepared for it. For when the time comes, we're already prepared and we can handle it. You know, even Jesus was tested. With steps, listen closely. Because when I read this, I was like, what? 
See, they tried to crown him too soon. And he disappeared. Because they were trying to make him skip steps. And Jesus said, you can't crown me before you cross me. You can't crown me before you cross me. There's a process that I have to go to, through and I need it to happen. And guess what? It's gonna, I'm going to have to put myself on a cross. But if I don't do that, I can't become king. So if he's willing to understand the process, we must understand the process as well. That there's going to be some hurt. But that's what makes us who we are. And Jesus said, you can't crown me before you cross me. It is the cross that makes my crown. It is the cross that makes my crown. That's why I love God. That's why I love Jesus so much with all my heart. Because he puts everything in perspective. He said, dude, I, if you guys think that having a title is where is it at? You know, where, where is it at? It's washing your disciples' feet and showing love to them. It is my sickness that makes my healing. It's my sickness that makes my healing. It's my debt that eliminates my prosperity and makes me appreciate where I am. Makes me appreciate where I am right now. You don't know this agony and pain until you've been sick. The reason I'm up here and talking about how wonderful God is, is because I know how it feels when I'm connected to a machine. I know how it is when my kids are telling me stories about that. Remember when the ambulance came and picked you up? They were young, but that event impacted them. And I say, God, thank you that I'm continuing walking on my two feet, that I continue um, able to hold my kids, that I'm continuing to make memories with my kids. I appreciate you, Lord. It's too late to quit. But you're not going to understand this until there's some kind of discomfort. There's always going to be a test. What determines the outcome of that test is what you do in the middle of that test. Remember what God has done for you. When you have experienced the bondage and pain, you thank God. You start thanking God for the little stuff that you have seen in your journey. Don't give up. It is time to start being grateful in the middle of the process, in the middle of the steps, and say, God, I take it now, Lord. I understand that you may be not where you're going to be, but you need to be glad that you are not where you used to be. Praise God on that step. And in the place you are now in your journey. I am not yet. I have not arrived yet, but I'm going to get there. There's moments that we're going to take some steps. But praise them in that step. Like, hey, amen. Then you walk a little bit forward, you made it to the second step. Praise them there. Two, two times. You might hit, hit an obstacle there, but don't take that step backwards. Keep it forward. Say, God, I believe in you. 
I believe in where you're going to take me, Lord. This is just an obstacle I have to face. But because I keep building myself up in your word, because I keep feeling building myself up in your love because I keep building myself up in your in, in your relationship with you, Lord Father. I'm able to overcome this obstacle. Then you get to the third step because you're already prepared to go through this obstacle here. I want you this morning to not think about Egypt anymore. Don't think about your Egypt. Keep walking forward. Keep pushing on. Keep going. It's too late to quit. People, uh, Philippians chapter 3, 12, 14. Those that are watching, I want you to understand that it's too late for you to give up. God wants to work more with you. You just have to keep pushing forward. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. I have not. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, forgetting Egypt, forgetting her, and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. God is calling us for a moment like this. We're all dealing with issues. We're all dealing with obstacles. We're all dealing with hurt. This pandemic has hurt a lot of people financially. But God wouldn't allow us to go through something if we're not able to get out of it. I want you to press over fear this morning. I want you to press over rejection this morning. I want you to press over loneliness this morning. See, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. But one thing I do press on every day when I get in my car I wake up in the morning and I just ignore everybody who's trying to put me down get ready in the morning and keep pressing forward sometimes the enemy wants you to feel sorry for yourself but you just need to keep pressing forward don't get tired don't give up it's too late to quit you're already at the edge of your promised land. God wants to take you forward. God wants to show you his promise. You just have to stay focused and know that he is in control. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.